Hey guys, just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sidebar Forever. If you like the show, please subscribe to us at sidebarforever.com as well as share episodes of the podcast on your social media. That way, new listeners can find us as well. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Today's podcast is an examination of mentor movies. The story usually goes something like this. A new and inexperienced person enters an established world. They get taken under the wing of a charismatic teacher and are either made better by it or worse or both. In some cases, the new person entering the world is the charismatic mentor or teacher and they have to be the change agent to the established world. And then we have the hero's journey where the hero needs the mentor's help and guidance to prepare them for their destiny. In our conversation, Swain and I discuss a plethora of films that demonstrate these tried and true dynamics, such as Wall Street, The Devil Wears Prada, Whiplash, Coach Carter, The Karate Kid, Doctor Strange, Aquila and the Bee, Dead Poets Society, Rocky, Men in Black, and many more. And also, we take a few minutes at the end to recognize some very special mentors in our own lives. I'm Adrian Johnson. Swain and I don't throw darts at a board. We bet on sure things. Read Sun Tzu's The Art of War. In it, it says, every war is won before it is ever fought. And today, it's the war between the teacher and the student as we discuss mentor movies. It's interesting, man, thinking about these uh, these uh, mentor movies. Yeah. I was um, just doing a little bit of research and doing a little bit of reading. And, um, you know, these are these movies have been around for forever. And I guess they're kind of it's kind of a uh, kind of a go to dynamic. You know? I think so. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, you can go back to like Mary Poppins, um, uh, Eliza Doolittle, you mm-hmm. know, um, even to some extent, like uh, Blackboard Jungle with Glenn, Glenn Ford. Sure. Was mm-hmm. it Glenn Ford? Yeah. Was it Glenn Ford? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was Glenn Ford. Yeah. And, and it kind of runs it in different different ways. But um, and, and these have been lampooned and, 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 and parodied as well, you know, over the years because, you know, they're very, these are very message conscious movies. They tend to be for the most part, um, although there's a variety. But um, Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, the, the Devil Wears Prada, Black Swan, Whiplash. Yeah, you could also argue in a way Platoon is as well. You know, he yes. comes into this world and he almost has mm-hmm. two mentors as a matter of choosing which one because he mm-hmm. finds something in both of them you know to admire and to follow to help him through that situation you know what i'm saying yeah yes yeah. yeah uh tom Berenger's character and willem defoe's character kind of both end up being like almost like the good angel or the you know on one shoulder and the bad devil on the other shoulder kind of uh yeah. kind of mentor figures um but you've also got like coach carter goodwill hunting Mm-hmm. Uh, the Color of Money in 1986. Yes. Uh, Remember the Titans, Denzel. Um, 
I'm going to throw, throw one that at, out at you, Go man. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember the mechanic from 1974 with Charles Bronson and Jan Michael Vincent? And they remade it. Jason Statham and Ben <sighs> Foster. <laughs> Sir, I have been seeing that movie pop up on... Uh, uh, online and on cable, yeah. you know, in association with Jason Statham, and I did not remember that it was a remake. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, I do recall seeing Bronson and uh, and Jan Michael Vincent, JMV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, wow, man. Um, but you know, others and, and these, there's a, these are all they all kind of fit into one category or another. But uh, Mulan. Uh, Dangerous Minds, which is is kind of its own category as far as like uh, Great White Hope mentor movies, you know, right. to some extent. Um, Ratatouille, uh, <laughs> The Karate Kid. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Doctor Strange. Oh you know, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Marvel's recent Doctor Strange, Aquila and the Bee. Yeah. Uh, the Dead Poet Society, which is a real favorite. Um, Rocky, The Matrix, Star Wars, Men in Black. And there's probably tons of others that uh, that um, that we're not remembering, but uh, I'm trying to remember. You try, you tell me, man. I'm trying to remember the first time I I really realized, oh, okay, this kind of a movie, this is a thing. This is a familiar story and a familiar kind of a uh, of a plot that they, you know, that they trot out every few years. Um, and and I was aware of it as a as a moviegoer and as a as a budding cinephile, if you will. Mm. I'll probably say I got the first inklings of it, you know, as you intimated with the Karate Kid, you know, mm-hmm. and if you grew up with like martial arts movies as well, that genre is replete with master, teacher, student, grasshopper. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You could also go back to mm-hmm. Kung Fu with with Kane, you know, David Carradine and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, it's always this it's always the thing of, you know, looking for someone to teach you. You have the skills. Oh, and let's throw Last Dragon in there as well. He's searching mm-hmm. for a mentor and he finds mm-hmm. out that he in fact is his mentor, you know, in a weird way. By the grace. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's all about you have the raw skill, the raw ore to be mined in order to become yeah, at your greatest potential, but you need someone a change agent, if you will, to come in and to show you through the struggle, through whatever, that mm-hmm. this is what your destiny is. And that may seem um, highfalutin, but a lot of times it does seem like that's a destiny that's a struggle to reach for. But that that character, that neophyte, that student has to reach some way, somehow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about Wall Street. Mm. Um you know, with Gordon Gecko and, and the Bud Fox character. Yes. And, you know, to some extent, you know, you've got, um, you know, the mentor, mentee, student, teacher kind of uh, dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a real part of the hero's journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, you know, Campbell's hero's journey, you know, you have the uh, the hero who doesn't realize that they, they have a there's a call to greatness yet. They, they live in the ordinary world. They get called into the extraordinary world, and usually there's a mentor figure of some kind yeah, um, who's there to kind of coax them and kind of get them on their way, give them the tools and the, and, the, and the attitude and the lessons that they need 
to get them on the way. And we see great examples of that, or obvious examples of that, in something like Star Wars, um, and also in, uh, to some extent, in The Matrix. Oh, sure, you know, of course, yes. You know, you know, to some extent in The Matrix, but like in Wall Street, you know, Bud Fox is not on the hero's journey, not really. I mean, he's our protagonist, I guess. Yeah. But he's a money chasing scumbag, just like the rest of them, for the most part. He's just he's materialistic. He kind of he gets turned, let's say. He gets corrupted. Uh huh. I still think in some way he still follows that kind of callow youth that you find in a lot of those movies. Like he has this idealism. Yes, he 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 is money grubbing. He's ambitious and everything, but he mm -hmm. is kind of callow to how the real rules of that world work. You know what I'm right. saying? Like he's think he think he's thinking, oh man, I just gotta go and see my hero. Like they always say, don't meet your heroes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But he goes to meet his hero, and his hero says, Okay, you wanna come in? All right. And there's a great scene in Wall Street where Gecko formally invites him in, you know, and he's steadily trying to push him away, like, kid, you don't wanna do this. You you ain't you ain't about this life. And Bud Fox is like, I am, yes I am. And Gore's like, okay. And it's very stagey, but I always love that scene. The lights go down. There's thunder outside. He's like, okay, you're in. Let's get to work, you know? And so mm -hmm. that's Bud's entree into that world, and the stakes get higher and higher, and he starts to succeed, and he starts to see how everything works before his mentor is like, you know, you you, you messed up. You <laughs> off you go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, you can only learn so much before the teacher or the master can't instruct you any further. You have to continue that journey for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to remember what was the dynamic, the reason why Gecko was it because Bud went to him and kind of pleaded his case to, hey, you know, teach me. Uh, learn me as my great grandfather would say. Yes, a bit of that. And then also you find you find this in um, a couple of um, Oliver Stone's um, films. You know, there's that dynamic of two father figures. You know, obviously with Charlie Sheen, his actual father, Martin Sheen, plays his father in the movie. You know, so with Gecko and his father, uh, what happens is, is that Bud Fox, he ends up, you know, Gecko is like... <laughs> I'm showing you the game, but you're not giving me nothing. You know what I'm saying? You're not showing me any ambition or drive. So he says, okay, I got a hot tip. And he kind of uses his father's company to turn over to Gecko and say, if you buy stock in this, it's a good buy. Get stock in this, boom. And it ends up ruining, almost ruining his dad's company. You oh, know? yeah, that's right. Yeah. And his yeah, father, yeah. the other father figure, the other mentor in a way, has to kind of pull him back from the abyss. It's like he tells him several times. He warns him, man, Gecko mm -hmm. is just a snake in a suit. You don't know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? He said, no, I got this, dad. I got this. You never believed in me. And then the mm -hmm. tables are turned and his dad and his dad ends up having a heart attack. And Bud Fox, you know, Bud is like, man, you were right, dad. Damn, I should have listened to you. So yep. sometimes it's a matter of what that mentor is teaching you and if that's the correct way, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah I, now that's coming back to me, um, and I do remember I remember that. I certainly remember all the uh, the impassioned pleas uh, from uh, Martin Sheen's character as, as Bud Fox's dad saying, hey, you know, 
you know, don't get, don't get, don't get drawn into this guy and into his web. You know, yeah. uh, like you said, he's a snake in a suit. Um, a, a slightly different dynamic that I find was in uh, the Double Wears Prada, mm. where uh, Anne Hathaway's character Andy could really care less about this fashion world that she's in. She she ends up with this uh, with this uh, uh, personal assistant job for you know the editor of this this high you know this high fashion magazine Miranda Priestly played by uh, excellently by Meryl Streep yeah and she could really care less she dresses frumpy she and her boyfriend live in kind of a dumpy New York apartment and they don't have a lot of money even though you know they're living in New York and um and you know they both presumably are paying off student loans but yeah <laughs> uh, and maybe that's why they don't have money but you know, she just dresses very drably and, you know, in these kind of blocky shoes, doesn't really care about her hair or anything like that. Everybody who's anybody would kill to have this gig that she has, and she doesn't really care about it at all. And she has this, um, you know, uh, Meryl Streep's character is very, very like, you know, about what she's about. She's not paying attention to the to the to the peon, so to speak. You know, every day, every moment is is on. She's on a mission to to do her thing. Yeah, and she can tell to some extent in in her brief interactions with Andy that Andy doesn't really respect this world, and they have a big confrontation where she says, "Oh, um, you think these two colors of green are the same?" And she talks about how you know it started on the one runways in France, and then it came to New York, and then it goes to all of these high fashion stores, and then it gets picked up by all these mid range stores. And then the same color shows up in some drab little sweater that you found in a Goodwill box, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you think that fashion has nothing to do with your world. It has everything to do with your world. Mm. And even throughout the movie as the Andy character who slowly starts to not at the prodding of Miranda, but just as being sucked into the world, she slowly starts to change like Bud does. Yeah. But at the same time. Miranda is still kind of unaware of her. She's, in other words, she's not really, really, really on Miranda's radar. And she actually, it's almost like uh, uh, the moth being drawn to the flame and then getting burned up kind of a thing. Mm. Uh, which I thought was, it was I, I think The Devil Wears Prada is, is a great movie. And again, Miranda is kind of like an unintentional mentor to Andy because Andy didn't even see her as a mentor and really even see that industry as something to, uh, to strive for until she kind of was sucked into it. And then she loses her boyfriend and she loses her best friend, her best friend, her best friend was played by, uh, uh an actor named Tracy Toms. Okay. Oh who, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, you've seen her on many, many things. She yeah, stayed busy and, she, yeah. and she's awesome. As a matter of fact, we're Facebook friends, uh, online. Ah, cool. And, cool. um, yeah. And she loses her best friend. She loses her boyfriend and she kind of loses, you know, her own kind of, uh, you know, her own self-respect uh, to to a great, great extent. But yeah, um, the um, the mentor the uh, the mentor relationship in these movies is oftentimes kind of like what we're describing here. It's it's almost like parent child, you know, like you know Bud Fox and his dad. It's, it's, you know, it's parent child, it's teacher student, it's doctor patient. Yeah, you know. It's God and man to some extent. I mean, mm. when you look at something like uh, The Devil's Advocate with uh, Keanu Reeves and, uh, uh, yeah, and Al, Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah, and Charlize Theron, where it's, you know, it's it's deity and, you know, the, the you know, the creation of the deity, you know. Um, and 
I guess the function of the mentor to some extent is to help prepare the student for the challenges that are ahead, you know, for in the um, in the situation that they're going into. So, um, I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen all of Coach Carter. Have you ever seen it all the way through? No. Mm -mm. OK. <laughs> <laughs> well, from what I know of the movie. Uh, and from what I've seen, and I, the, the, you know, it's funny, just a quick side note. The main thing I remember about this movie was after Sam Jackson did it and he was doing promo. And so they, he was on the junket and they were asking him, well, how did you like working with all the young actors? He was like, it's all right. It's cool. He says, but you know, they don't really have any skills. And she was <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He says, they don't, they don't have any skills. You know, they're young. They're, yeah. you know, they, they don't really know how, you know, a lot of them didn't come. And you know, in this movie, you know, Ashanti was in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, okay, not only do you not have any acting skills, you you got non-actors trying to you know freaking <laughs> act or whatever. But um, the other thing is like Coach Carter, Goodwill Hunting, uh, Dangerous Minds, uh, Aquila and the Bee, mm -hmm. and uh, Dead Poets Society. You know, these are mentors where it's not so much. Um, like they're the big fish in the big pond. They're the, you know, they're the Gordon Gecko on Wall Street, the king, the king on the king, you know, one of the masters of the universe. These are people who are mentors, but they're doing it out of a sense of duty. Yeah. You know, the call to duty and to honor their calling is what has brought them to this place. So um, I like a character like uh, um, I think it was Thomas Carter and, uh, and Coach Carter, you know, Sam Jackson's character. Even in Goodwill Hunting, um, which is a fantastic movie, I mean, every time I see it, every time it's on, for it to not have a, a really like a lot of action or a lot of really big dramatic pieces, there are just certain scenes that stay with me, like when they first meet mm -hmm. and he starts talking shit to Robin Williams, Robin Williams jacks him up, you know, because he, he starts talking about Robin Williams, his wife, you know, his deceased wife, Um you know, when Robin Williams uh, meets up with the, uh, uh, I think it's Alexander Skarsgård's character. Okay. Uh, who's like the the rich, famous kind of a guy from his his class who went on to greatness. And Robin Williams is kind of working obscurely in this kind of, you know, small Boston college or whatever. But um, that scene where they meet in the bar and they talk about him, he's the, the kid's from Southie? What? You know. <laughs> but um, that was a situation where clearly Will, you know, Matt Damon's character is the smartest guy in the room when it comes to math. But Robin Williams as his mentor is trying to teach him how to kind of break open the inside part of him that he's kind of, he's hidden away, you know? And, yeah. um, and then also, um, like Aquila and the bee, mm -hmm. you know, where it's an example of, uh, and this is the reuniting, uh, of, uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett. Yes. Uh, from from there, what's love has to what love what's love has to do what what, what love, does love got have to do with it? Yeah. What's love got to do with it? What am I doing? I'm trying to fix the English <laughs> up. <laughs> Either can't get him, eh? But go ahead. Right. <laughs> uh, but he plays, you know, Larrabee. He plays her coach. You know, the spelling bee coach. You yeah. know, and then she she goes on to compete. And this was an example of okay, someone who is called to a world and ends up finding a mentor. To help them get to where they want to, where they want to go. You know what I mean? The mm -hmm. mentor didn't bring them into that, so to speak. She found him, and then he helped her along the way. 
Now, you know what's interesting about that? You, you mentioned uh, Fishburne, you know. It's interesting that he's had three major roles where he's played a mentor. You know, you have, obviously, Boys in the Hood as Furious mm-hmm. Styles. And so he's not mm-hmm. only trying to show his son the right way, but he actually talks to the other neighborhood kids and youth, you know, about mm-hmm. gentrification and so forth. Then, mm-hmm. all, then you obviously have, you know, um, Akilah and the Bee. You know, as you're as you're um, saying, and mm-hmm. you also have the Matrix, you know, once again, trying to instruct this callow youth who does not understand the potential that he has that is latent beneath the surface. And he's mm-hmm. trying to bring it to the surface. And a lot of times that's what a mentor does in these types of movies. It's like you have this bucking Bronco, right? The bucking mm-hmm. Bronco, you know, it can run fast. It's just a Mustang. You know, you let it out the gate, it's going to run, 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 run till it's exhausted. The mentor is there to take this Mustang and say, conserve your speed. If you run at this speed, you'll conserve energy for when you really need it. I'm trying to mm-hmm. open up your horizons here so that you can mm-hmm. understand the potential that's inside of you and bring it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, too, about these type of movies as well. It's a great way for exposition to be given about a situation or a world that we as the audience are coming in. So it's almost a dual purpose. You know, it's almost like we're behind the back of the mentee, the student. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're walking with them. We're, we're sneaking behind them into the club to see Man, what's going on here. You know, so we're seeing stuff <laughs> as they see it. And there's exposition being given. All right. Well, you want to make sure you don't do this because over here it don't go down like that. You know what I'm saying? So we're being Mm -hmm. given the instructions as the mentee or the student is. And I think that's an appealing part. That's a vital part of the appeal of these type of movies. We're finding out as that student finds out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting, uh, an interesting point, man. The, uh, the idea that from a storytelling perspective, uh, sometimes I guess you would use the mentee as a way to explain to the audience what's going on. Right. Or in some cases you might actually use the mentor to explain to the audience what's going on. And especially in a situation where the mentee or the student or the pupil is actually entering into a world that the filmmakers and the storytellers know the audience doesn't know much about. So as Akilah finds out about, you know, spelling bees and, and finds out that she has, you know, that this this is this is a skill or this is something that she wants to pursue. Mm-hmm. She learns as much as she can, but she learns even more as she's uh, as she is brought into the world of uh, of Larrabee, uh, um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character. And similarly, like you're saying, with the Matrix, where basically, you know, Morpheus is explaining to Neo, but he's explaining to us, too. Correct. Yeah. You know, and this is probably what, 20 something minutes into the movie. Mm hmm. So we've seen a lot of freaky shit go on in the Matrix prior to, you know, that final or, or that one moment where they meet in the room and then they, you know, they end up on the mountaintop and it's the red pill or the blue pill and and all of that happens. So Lawrence is explaining to us what's going on mm-hmm. uh, in the, much in the same way, like with um, to some extent, you know, Luke had two mentors. He had, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi at first, Ben Kenobi, you know, who kind of talked about, you know, your father and, and the, you know, flying and being a pilot. And, you know, and I think he mentions the Clone Wars and the New Hope and, yeah. you know, and other things, you know, just kind of getting kind of shades and pictures of it. And then Yoda comes along later on 
And Yoda is there also to explain more about what the Force is and the Jedis and so on and so forth. So they're used as devices to kind of explain to us who don't know anything about this world, hey, this is this is what you're about to get into. And this is what our our hero, our our main character is about to get into as well. Now, so. that brings up another point um, in, in several of these movies. You know, mm-hmm. there's a point to where the mentor can no longer teach that student or has taught, you know, pretty much everything that they can. So they have to exit the story somehow, be it either by a, a death in the, in the movie or mm-hmm. some, other, some other way that they have to exit so that the hero, the student or the protagonist has to proceed by themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I find that also to be a very vital component that we as the audience, you know, go into. It's almost like, you know, when you learn how to ride a bike and mm-hmm. you had the training wheels on, you had your mom or your dad right beside you. You got it. You got it. You got it. OK. Mm-hmm. And then one day, here's the day we go take these training wheels off. I want you to ride down the sidewalk. I'm going to be right here. I can't go no farther with you. You got it, though. And then you Mm got to take that ride. And uh, that's very satisfying because you've seen the struggle. You've seen the uh, travails of this protagonist to get to this point, to learn the skills, to get the potential, to believe in themselves so that the mentor says, I can't teach you anymore. You have to go the rest of the way. And when they do, when they satisfy that, oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, that's why. The, that's why such crowd pleasing movies like that, like the Karate Kid and so forth. Yeah, man. I, you almost sound like you were talking about the Matrix, where at one, you know, toward the end of the movie, where, you know, where Morpheus says, you know, he is starting to believe. You know, right. he's starting to believe he can actually ride the bike and that yeah. he doesn't need the uh, doesn't need the training wheels. And um, uh, I remember, man, when I was little, and I, I don't know if this was this way with you when you were I uh, learned how to ride a bike, mm-hmm. but. When I was coming up, what they did was, is you know, I rode with the training wheels for a good long while. Yeah. And then my mother told my father, raise the training wheels up so that they're not touching the ground so he doesn't know. Yeah. He thinks the training wheels are there, but the training wheels are not there. And then, you know, and then when I rode up to my father, I'm like, you know, he's like, you did it. You did it. And I'm like, what? Huh? You know, and yeah. then he said, see, he said, look at the training wheels. You know, the mother's just sitting like two inches off the ground, but I'm not paying attention. <laughs> So you're you're exactly right where it is a thing where the 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 uh the mentee or the student or the pupil reaches a point where they can't be taught anymore and you know it, even as Darth Vader told you know Obi Wan you know we meet again at last the circle's now complete when I when we when I left you I was but the learner now I am the master right you know <laughs> I always love that line <laughs> yeah yeah I butchered that the the phrasing on that but uh or the paraphrase on that yeah. but that's pretty close to it but um. But yes, yeah, some teachers, like you said, in the Karate Kid, like um, uh, Mr. Miyagi, they are reluctant to take on the men- the mentee. They're reluctant to take on the students. So, you know, Daniel uh, Larusso was his character, yeah. name, right? Yeah. You know, he comes and hey, he you know teach me because he sees Mr. Miyagi lay waste to the uh, to the Nazi punks. You know, the 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 kung fu Nazi punks who were uh, beating up <laughs> on Daniel. And he's like, you know, teach me. And Mr. Miyagi is kind of reluctant at first. Similarly, in Doctor Strange, you know, Stephen Strange's character, as in the comics, you know, his hands are, are badly damaged in a car accident. He finds out about some kind of a healer over in, in Nepal or wherever. And so he travels over there and, you know, he's trying to get, you know, the ancient one. And um, 
I think uh, Chuatel Edgeforth's character was uh, what's the other character who's who's a villain actually? Brooding face, Mordo, 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 Baron Mordo, Mordo, yeah, Mordo. He's playing Mordo, and uh, you know they're like they got like nah nah nah, you know go back to America, you know whatever, blah blah blah, and he has to kind of convince them. And then eventually he does kind of convince the uh, the ancient one, uh, played by Tilda Swinton, to go ahead and take him on. But like there are other re- kind of um, reluctant uh, mentors. Um, I'm trying to think back. Uh, oh, um, Tommy Lee Jones's character in Men in Black. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know where. He's kind of reluctant only in the sense of he's lost a lot of his uh, his desire and his connection to the world that he's in. He's you know, he, he lost the love of his life years ago. He's really kind of ready to retire. Um, he doesn't have that fire in his belly, doesn't have the piss and vinegar in his belly like he once did. And so Will Smith's character comes along and he's like, OK, I'll go ahead and take this, you know, this brash, you know, cocky kid on and, and have him you know learn to do what I do. But he's basically doing it so that he can hand the reins to Will Smith's character and kind of go, you know, go back into the regular world and be and be ignorant of all of this. And, and you know, it's interesting. You know, there's a saying that often a good teacher will learn as much from the student as they will instructing the student, you know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times in these type of movies, you will find that. You know, as they're beginning to show this student or the mentee the way that Mm -hmm. their um, characterization starts to come out, that they start to either um, the, the, the facade that they have, that tough exterior breaks down piece by piece so that Mm -hmm. we, the audience and the students start to see, okay, he's not just this implacable, you know, instructor, you know, there's a heart behind there for the most Mm -hmm. part, not always. You know, mm-hmm. but it's something to where maybe the teacher learns how to love again. Maybe the teacher finds a passion through this student that was latent and now mm-hmm. showing this student has reawakened it, you know. Mm-hmm. So thus you're learning as much from the student as you are instructing them. And so at the end of the movie, they, they always say at the end of a movie, you know, the character should be different. You know, they should be mm-hmm. in a different place than from where they started. And you find that with the example that you mentioned in Men in Black, you know, the tables have turned so that the neophyte now is experienced and the um, old head, so to speak, you know, right. has <laughs> left them with enough and learned now he can go back out and rediscover what he lost. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. Another great example of that, that particular kind of an outcome is uh, Antoine Fisher. You know, uh, Derek Luke and uh, and um, Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah, and and in that particular movie, you know, Derek Luke's character is uh, he was an abused child, grew up in the system, and um, was abused all of his young life, and so he's got a lot of anger issues when he joins the Navy, Mm -hmm. and so they make him go ahead and see a psychologist played by Denzel. And, you know, Denzel starts working with him and little by little throughout the course of the movie, you know, Derek Luke addresses his psychological and emotional demons as well as his actual demons in 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 real life in the form of his, uh, you know, his uh, uh, foster mothers and foster parents and siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the movie, when he goes back to talk to Denzel's character, 
you know, Denzel's character uh, 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 throughout the story, uh, just kind of hidden in the background, was having some marital issues with his wife. And, and so Derek Luke comes, I just wanted to thank you for everything you did. And he says, well, I want to thank you too. He says, you know, you know, this thing that's going on with me and my wife, you know, I've been kind of ignoring it or whatever. And so, you know, working with you has kind of, you know, led me to the point where I, I realized I've got to work that out and I've got to address it. Right. And so, you know, there was a change in the teacher as well as a change in the student by the end of the film. Uh, That's but right. certainly it was, you know, it was Derek Luke's, uh, it was Derek Luke's movie. But uh, other examples of teachers and mentors um, who really could not wait to either teach or slash corrupt <laughs> the student. Uh, definitely Matrix. You know, Morpheus was, I mean, his <laughs> nose was wide open for Neo. You know, he was like, you are the one. I know you're the one. I've got to reach this person. You know, so he sends Trinity, to, you know, to make contact with him and so forth. Yeah. Uh, in The Devil's Advocate, you know, Al Pacino's character could not wait to corrupt uh, Keanu Reeves and to tell him, you know, all the stories about God and falling from grace and how God is, you know, is a practical jokester and, you know, and how, you know, the whole world and, uh, and the idea of living, living ethically is a facade, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and, and this was Al Pacino in all of his Al Pacino-ness. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, <laughs> post sin of a woman, post heat, you know, uh, devil's advocate came out in 97. So that was after heat, right? Yeah, so that so you get, you get that yelling owl, that yelling yeah, owl yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. Ah, ah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then of course the the, uh, the aforementioned uh, Wall Street, where Gordon Gecko, once he really gets Bud going, you know, it's almost like he's remaking Bud in his own image, like the uh, the the, um, the analogy I made earlier of God and man. You know, he's remaking Bud, you know, to be his, you know, like you're saying, his uh, his acolyte or his. Uh, his protege, his um, his mini me to some extent. Exactly, and you, you can see that physically uh, just by the way that um, Bud starts slicking his hair back, like Gordon does. You know, because mm -hmm. before he was he had this very boyish, you know, kind of haircut or whatnot. And then once he starts right. hanging around with Gordon and getting into the business, starts slicking it back, wearing the suspenders too, just like Gordon. You know, mm -hmm. and starts speaking yeah. the same lingo for sure. To some yeah. extent, before that, he he just had his hair cut. Yeah. You know, and then at, then at that point, he starts actually styling it. You know, he starts to want to project in a certain way, like you're saying, and starts mm -hmm. uh, mimicking, uh, mimicking uh, uh, Gecko's look and his, uh, you know, his kind of own swagger. So, yeah. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit, man, about the uh, some of the ones where that take place in the classroom, because, you know, that is quite literally a teacher and a student relationship. But you see, again, to, you know, your your, your results may vary. <laughs> you know, you've got uh, you got something like Remember the Titans in 2000, uh, Dangerous Minds in 1995. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got like Dead Poets Society in, uh, in 1989. Yeah. Um, Dead Poets Society is probably one of my favorites, probably my favorite Robin Williams performance. Oh, wow. OK. Um, that was the first one. And I remember, again, I had my two VCR set up. <laughs> I rented Dead Poets Society taped it on one machine into the other machine on a brand new high high quality you know vhs tape you know which still looked like crap even back then <laughs> and uh and it was in my library and i remember being moved by it because um clearly in william's case his goal was not just to teach english and literature 
to the students, but he was there to teach them how to see the world, like see the world beyond what's, you know, what's in front of you, you know, how to open your eyes, how to open your mind and, and, and be exposed to different things, to not be restricted by, you know, the way your parents have raised you or, um, you know, what the expectations of you, you know, are in the world and to actually reach inside of those kids. And so and he did that quite effectively in the movie. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, captain, my captain. And, you know, uh, the scene at the end where they're standing on the desk, that's it's just fantastic. Um, and, a, and a terrific cast, too. You know, Ethan Hawke was in that cast. Um, there were a lot of young actors, you know, who showed up in that movie and, and went on to do uh, uh, great things. But then you have something like Remember the Titans and really Coach Carter, from what I remember, too, the, the bits of it that I've seen, where it's a teacher kind of classroom dynamic or teacher-student dynamic, but the teacher is almost like harsh and like an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, also, too, in Whiplash. I don't know if you've ever seen Whiplash. Um, uh, Damien Chazelle's movie um, with... Um, J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons, yeah. He actually won the, um, won the... I think he won the Academy Award for that, uh, for oh, Best okay. Supporting Actor. And he is fantastic in the movie. It's a great movie. If you've not seen it, I highly recommend it. But, um, you know, but he plays this kind of really driven music teacher and he is, I mean, he'll slapping people and uh, hitting their hands and throwing cymbals across the room at the drummer. And he's just really just kind of a uh, kind of a really like a taskmaster and just like an asshole. But Denzel's character was kind of that in Remember the Titans, too. He was that he was that black coach that we all had in high school or in grade school who just didn't seem like he just gave a shit or that he cared. You know, you just wanted for a second for him to just crack that hardened exterior and, you know, and show us something, you know, underneath. And he just never did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then the other the third example is is is. Um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, character as the teacher in Dangerous Minds, you know, it's, again, they're in the classroom and she's, you know, she's in this inner city with this, you know, this mostly, um, you know, brown and, 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 and Latin kids, you know, in, in her classroom. And she's trying to teach them and she's using, you know, the examples of like uh, Bob Dylan and uh, just other things where it's just like, OK. And that and this kind of falls into, I guess, maybe the kind of great white hope mentor movies. Mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, is, is kind of a bit of a uh, of a um, of a trope. Yeah, it's a trope for sure. It's definitely a trope for sure. But man, since since these movies have been around for decades, do you think that there are cinematic takes on this dynamic that seem fresh, or or were considered fresh at the time that they came out? Maybe a little different. Hmm. Uh, well, well, as you intimated at the top of the show, you know, that type of dynamic has always been present in storytelling, you know, not just movies, but in just storytelling mm-hmm. throughout millennia, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. but within movies, hmm, I don't, I don't know. Cause you know, you've always had that, that kind of team up of, you know, like I said, the, the, the callow youth or someone who is new to something. And someone has to show them the ropes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, so I don't know if it's ever been fresh per se, but the way it's been presented, you know, in each decade has been something that's taken hold. Like, you know, like, like, okay, in the 80s, you know, 
that was replete with those type of movies. You know, mm-hmm. the 80s was like mm-hmm. the apex almost of those type of mentor movies. You know, in the 70s, it's something different. It's let me bring you into this world and show you, you know, what you thought was really going on. But this is what's going on, you know, and that, you know, mirrors what's going on in a wider, you know, cultural sense. Uh, let me expand your mind. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Either through mm-hmm. medicinal means or get you to expand your horizons, man. You know, an yeah, outgrowth yeah. of the 60s and all that culture. And then in the mm-hmm. 40s and 50s and the 30s and beyond and before that, it may have been something totally different. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, how, how do we um, traverse this society, especially the Great Depression? You know, you have mm-hmm. something like Of Mice and Men. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or th- that's that's a different dynamic, you know, because you have one leading uh, kind of a, a, a weaker one through this life, mm-hmm. but still showing him, but he's not going to get it. And that's the tragedy of it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And I think, you know, the Matrix, just in how it's presented, that was a slightly different take on it. Although, you know, you could tell, I could tell, you know, you know, once we got to the point of him meeting Morpheus, you know, you, you knew right away, okay, this is just the hero's journey. Right. Star Wars, this is just the hero's journey. Um, Men in Black, it was a little different because Will wasn't fresh and wet behind the ears, so to speak. He was just unrefined and raw. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. as, as a character. Um, Doctor Strange, again, it was the hero's journey. Absolutely a prototypical hero's journey. Um the Karate Kid, from the first frame, you could almost see the crane kick coming at the end, even though you had never seen the movie before, because you knew it's a sports movie and it's a mentor movie. It's, so it's you Rocky. Know this. Yeah, it's, it's Rocky. Yeah, it's e- Rocky. even the same director, same director, John Avildsen. You know, directed both of those. So yeah, there we go. There we go. And even with Rocky, I think Rocky to me is as a sports movie. You knew it was going to end with a fight. But there was so much emotional stuff throughout the course of the movie. There was so much development between his relationship with uh, Adrian and, and ultimately also with Polly, and then with his mentor, with Mick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was just so much, you know, piano score playing in the background to kind sure. of to kind of emotionally support the movie that, you know, that felt like. Yeah, it's a sports movie, but it also felt like something else, like almost like a coming of age story for Rocky, like a uh, a redemption story, I guess, is really what it was, mm-hmm. along along with being a uh, a sports film. But um, I know you're a Scorsese fan. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and I I'm actually a, a pretty pretty decent fan of uh, of uh, Tom Cruise and uh, and Paul Newman. Yeah. What did you think of the Color of Money, man, with Fast Eddie and uh and Vincent and and um and him actually reprising his role from the hustler in you know 25 years later yeah. with the color of money yeah yeah man color of money that's a great movie you know what i'm saying and you know the reason why i love it is obviously you have that relationship between Newman and Cruz but again it goes back to that it goes back to that dynamic of like, you know, in, in martial arts films or let's say in Kurosawa films. All right. Where you have mm-hmm. like this swordsman, this wizened aged swordsman who knows yep, the craft. Yep. He's the gunfighter. You know, mm-hmm. he had this young, 
you know, whippersnapper come along. It's like, man, I could get down too. I could get, I could get into this. And you right. know, the swordsman is reluctant at first. Like, nah, 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 nah. I, I've forgotten more than you will ever know. I don't, mm-hmm. I, you don't really, you're really about this. But he's like, no, right. no, teach me for real. And he sees the skills there. So he takes him under his wing and shows him. And, you know, with, you know, Newman and Cruz, he sees like this is that Buck and Bronco that I mentioned earlier. You know, mm-hmm. man, this guy, man, this man, this dude is preternatural. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's got it. But man, and going the distance though, ah, there's stuff about this world you ain't gonna understand. The politics <laughs> of it. Why you gotta sometimes it's not gonna work out for you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? No matter how mm-hmm. good you are, how prepared, you know, I can show you all of that. But it's some things I can't show you that you actually got to learn for yourself the hard way. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that's like that uh, that quote from uh, from Colors, mm-hmm. where uh, uh, Sean Penn's character is talking to the older cop who's played by I forget the actor's name. Oh, Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Duvall. Yeah, how could I forget Tom Hogan? Uh, <laughs> and Duvall says. Uh, he about tells him about the two bulls, and he says, yeah. you know, one says, they're going to run down. He says, no, let's walk down and, and, and screw them all. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, I know more about this than just, you know, running into it and let's, hey, let's just, let's just get down. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about more than that. It's about, you know, no, knowing the room and being able to read the room, so to speak. But um, kind of, I guess, a, a somewhat of a last category would be um, – the mentor mentee relationship and, and and there's you know there's overlap with a lot of the films we already discussed mm-hmm. where um the mentor is working with the student or the teacher's working with the student and they're trying to raise them to be great and really the movie is about what are you willing to sacrifice to be great mm. so you know we have that in wall street we have that in a movie like black swan which is really more of a psychological thing where uh I think the actor's name is uh, Thomas Cassell. Okay. Uh, French actor. He's teaching, you know, the the uh, the girls in the New York uh, co- company ballet, and uh, and he's like, he's like, he meant like mentally abusive, mm. you know. Same thing with Jake J.K. Simmons' character uh, in Whiplash. You know, he's mentally and really physically abusive, and talking about, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice? You know, you you know, like in other words, he doesn't see perfection. As simply like a uh, a goal to get you advanced. Perfection is a destination, you know. And he wants that from his students and from his musicians. And Miles Teller's character, um, he wants it bad. He wants it bad. And so um, it becomes about the sacrifice of his. Uh, not like I mentioned earlier with uh, with Andy's character in The Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. about his self-respect his relationship with his dad he ha- it's almost like wall street where you have the jk Jake simmons character who is the prince of darkness and then you have his real dad who's played by paul reiser who's doing the same thing that bud fox's dad was doing saying hey don't get sucked into this remember who you are you know don't don't lose yourself in this and of course he he ultimately does yeah. but um and then even uh, denzel's character um in remember the titans where He's just harsh, yo. He's just like, like, God damn, bro. You know, and I remember my high school coach. I wish I could remember his name. I remember one of my high school coaches, you know, black guy, you know, real tall, you know, played basketball in college, never made it to the pros, of course. Yeah. And, um, and just was really like, you know, he just could, 
he just was just kind of he would just kind of just give us he just you know this is what you got to do and he just would never like try to be friends with us and then you also you always had those other teachers and those other coaches who would be friends and you all but you always wanted it from the one who wouldn't give it to you that's right that's you know right. so to speak but um uh mentioning some of the other films we talked about uh uh, uh the, the whole great white hope mentor uh, mentor movie which you know dangerous minds uh i mentioned blackboard jungle yeah i was going i was going to say uh hardball with keanu reeves where he takes the hard little league yo. yeah yes yes yo yes yo rip g baby yo <laughs> <laughs> uh, avatar yeah Dances with Wolves, mm-hmm. The Blind Side, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise again. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, let me go over here and teach the, you know, the, these, these brown people how to, you know, how to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to lead them, so to speak. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. you know, to some extent. Uh, and Finding Forrester, you know, remember that? <laughs> You're the man now, dog. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, um, before we get on and just start talking, I want to ask you about you know real life mentors in in your life, and uh, and I've mentioned some of them on the podcast before, but um, do you would you consider any of the films that we've discussed uh, in this sitting? to be rewatchables where it's like, you know, if it came on, if you were still somebody who was flipping channels and it came on, you'd be like, Oh, let me, let me, let me go ahead and watch the last 40 minutes of this. Oh yes. Always, always, you know, because again, we as the audience and I think people in general, you know, whether we Mm -hmm. want to admit it or if we're able to articulate it or not, we really respond to those stories because, and, and I'll say it like this and I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down to young men. You know, when we are as young men, you know, mm-hmm. we're always looking for our direction in the world. And you can say this for young people, but especially young men, we're always looking for that. You know, uh, most often we're looking for a father figure as well. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. of us find a proper father figure. Some of us don't, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think all people are looking for, you know, just someone who's going to show them the proper way to go about life or go about something that they want to succeed in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So those movies, that whole genre of movies will always be rewatchable for that reason. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We want to see them succeed as much as we would want it for ourselves to do the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even in the case of certain films where it's a mentor movie, but it's a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. So something like Wall Street or... Um, even whiplash, uh, you know, devil's advocate, um, you know, even in a situation where it is kind of a cautionary tale, like you don't want to go this way. We still kind of like you're saying, you know, the yearning within to find someone who says, look, I don't know. I need to find someone who does know, Hey, will you help me? Yes. You know? And I think that, uh, in living in modern day in, in 2021, one of the great things about the internet is, you know, prior to the internet, there was there was it was really difficult for you to reach out to someone who had that, who lived in another state or perhaps even another country, mm-hmm. and get advice or insight or tutelage or 
you know, God forbid, an actual actual mentor relationship from them. It was yeah. almost impossible. But now, you know, you can decide you want to do something, get on a path, find out who are the people who've been on this path and succeeded before you, send them an email, go to their website, go to their blog, go to their social media, make contact with them. And maybe they might spend five minutes, you know, in an exchange with you. Maybe they might spend five years corresponding back and forth like, you know, Alex Toth used to do with, you know, with many a young artist yeah. and a young fan. But you can actually accomplish that now. And I think you're right. I think particularly with young men and maybe because we're both men, that's why, you know, we uh, yep. we feel it in the way that we do. Absolutely. But I think just people in general are, are looking for. Um, looking for that teacher, someone to say, hey, here, here's a way you can go, and this is how you can avoid some pitfalls. You know, this is how you can not lose yourself in this. But um, mm -hmm. to, to kind of bring it to a close, man, who are some of the, uh, the mentors that, uh, that you feel like you've had in your, uh, in your life? And, and it's no relatives, sure. no parents. You know, it's got to be somebody that just came along and just seemed to be literally, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear kind of a thing. Oh, no, no, exactly. No, no. Yeah. I, I, there's like a couple of examples that come to mind, you know, you know, as you intimated on a numerous episodes of the show, um, when you were a young man, you worked in a grocery store. It's one of your first jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing for me. Cub Foods, okay. baby, 1998 <laughs> through 1999. <laughs> so, okay. I'm working at Cub Foods. I'm a clerk, you know, making my 660 an hour. And, um, we get a manager that comes in, an assistant manager named, I believe his name was Mr. Stewart, if I'm not mistaken. And he was very taciturn. You know, he was an older guy, very taciturn, you know what I'm saying? But you could tell that he meant business, you know? And he was a mentor to me. And there was another guy that worked there named Daryl, who worked in the same um, uh, clerk. Um, setting, you know, with me as well. Between those two guys, you know, just letting me know about how the world kind of worked. Because, you know, when you're 18, man, you want you want so so much to be an adult, but at the same time, you are so callow, you are so green that man, you will fall for so much, and you don't understand the politics of what's going on in the adult world, man. And mm -hmm. so you need somebody sometimes to appear and just to tell you, hey, before you do that, think about this. And that's what those guys did for me there, you know, at, at Cub Foods. Just like, hey, don't go to management like that. You may want to back off and do this. Just, just do, do your job like this, but be wary of this and that. Mm -hmm. And then also just in a more broader sense, you know, there have been numerous teachers and, and, and librarians. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. There was a... Um, mm -hmm. And I might choke up here, so forgive me. When I was in grade school, when I went to speech therapy, uh, because I had a terrible stutter, terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, my speech therapist, Miss Lockett, man, where, wherever she is, Miss Sonia Lockett, wherever you are, bless you, bless you. Uh, she saw something in me more than just being a student that she was trying to help get past this stutter, you know, mm -hmm. like, man, she actually helped me on. She, she found out that I liked world war two stuff, even at that young age, like I was in mm -hmm. the third or fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And even though I was too young to enter the social studies fair at the school, 
she allowed me to enter that. She somehow got to the judges and whatnot and said, hey, this young man would like to enter that. And so do you know that we recreated the D-Day landings at Normandy with little <laughs> army men that I had? Wow. We took wow. some of the, yeah, we took some of the uh, school milk cartons. I had, you know, gotten some, you know, I had saved them from when I would have them for lunch and we cut the tops off and we took a piece of uh, styrofoam, you know, colored it, like did all of that, put real sand on it and into that because she knew that I loved like World War II stuff, you know? And I just mm -hmm. thought that, that was so, so great of her, man. And the, the last time that I heard from her or talked to her was when I was in the fifth grade. I had changed schools over that summer. I had moved out to a whole other school district, you know, away from where I was in the fourth grade. Do you know that she had actually tracked me down and she came up to the school, the new school I was at. <laughs> she got nice. to the new school that I was at, man. And she had gone to the Smithsonian for just, just a family trip or whatnot. And she brought these books back for me. Books on World War II, uh, uh, sports almanac, you know, stuff about World War II planes and everything. And mm. I was just like, wow. I was like, oh, man. You know, so not only did she help me get past that, um, that impediment that I had as far as my speech and got me to, you know, be more confident about that, but she actually remembered, you know, what I enjoyed and brought that to me and just, man, I'm, I, I, I must have read those books to death. I mean, I read the covers off of them, you mm. know? So she was definitely one of those mentors to me for sure that, man, you know, I, I wish I, as a, as an adult, I could just go back and, you know, just, just truly thank her, man. I mean, she's Miss Lockett. If you're out there, just thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.